felt very strongly that we wanted you to take home some seeds. And as a result, a result of that, we have prepared for you a booklet that you will have for helps and encouragement that you will be able to home and you will be able to deepen your prayer life as you go through it. Got a big mouth. <laughs> You'll find that booklet in your gift bag that you will get at the end of our session today. I'm going to be talking to you about the ACTS method of prayer. I want to make it very clear to you in the very beginning that there is no right or wrong way to pray. There are many guides that are available for you to help you during your prayer time, but there is nothing magical about any of these guides. God simply wants you to talk with him. He wants you to open your heart and lift praises and thanksgivings and needs and confessions as you grow your relationship with him. So let's get to that acronym, right? A is for adoration. This is where we say, Lord, I love you. Psalm 145.3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Adoration leads us to the very presence of God, to focus on his greatness. This is not a time for us to remember all the things that he's done for us, but it's a time for us to acknowledge who he is. God, you are who you say you are, and that is creator, savior, sustainer, king of kings and lord of lords, and so very much more. You may want to refer to your attribute supplement that you'll find in your booklet during your quiet time or prayer time um, that you will have at home, or you may want to sing or recite a poem or a song as you praise and lift praises to him. I'm going to refer to, I'm going to do a little object lesson. I think I taught youth way too long, but um, I'm always stuck with object lessons, so I want you to know that we see the awesomeness of God in the beauty of the creation of the rose. Roses symbolize God's love at work in our world. The white rose represents God and his purity and his holiness. The red rose represents Christ's sacrificial blood. So in these roses, we see and we feel God's power and his attributes. He truly is the author of life, and he's also the source of all love. He is worthy of praise and glory. So you're going to have a little exercise now at your table. I want you to take a moment just to think about the attributes of God. I want you to go around your table and I want you to name one attribute that God is revealing to you right this minute. 
everyone at your table will name one attribute, and then you will have someone at your table that will lead you in a prayer of adoration. confession this is where we say Lord I am sorry 1 John 1 3 1 9 I'm sorry says if we confess our sins and he he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to <coughs> and cleanse us from all unrighteousness why is confession important Sin hinders our fellowship with God, and it stifles our growth in our relationship with him. It's important for us to admit that we have fallen short of what God expects of us. As we open our hearts, God humbles us, and we're able to see ourselves as Jesus sees us, which is not always real great but it's a time for us to humble ourselves before him. Our confessions push down walls and open doors for God to be able to grow us in his healing and in his strength and in his wisdom. When we confess our sins, we are much more likely to work a little harder to lean on God and allow him to help us to get rid of those wayward ways that we are living in. What are you struggling with today? Jar is a jar of sins. Could it be that it's impatience, gossip, prejudices, your career, your desire for money or status, your future, your marriage, your comfort zone, jealousy, unforgiveness, guilt. We're told in Psalm 103.12 that he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. There is no starting point or ending point if you're traveling east or west. You can travel east all day long and you'll still be traveling east or vice versa. And God gave us this analogy so that we could understand that when we confess our sins to him, he forgives us and he does not hold us responsible for them anymore. God paid, Jesus paid for our sins. He covered our sins with Jesus' blood. But sometimes we don't feel like we are forgiven when we pray. Let me just share with you that that is a lie straight from the devil, and it's one of the tools that he uses against us to keep us from praying and to keep us from growing 
in our relationship with him. A few days ago, during my quiet time, God reminded me that there may be some women here today that have not given their hearts to Jesus. And let me just say to you that that may be the very reason that God has you here today. There are a lot of women here that love the Lord and would love for you to be a part of this family and that they would love to share with you exactly how you can go about being his child and being a part of this beautiful family. So please don't ignore, if you feel God tapping at your heart's door, please don't ignore that. Ask us to help you. We want to help you, and we want to help you to be a part of this beautiful family. You're going to have a confession card on your table. I'd like for you to take that card and write down what God is convicting you of right now that may be hindering your relationship with him. After you have silently prayed a prayer about that sin or problem in your life, I'll tell you another exercise to do with it. Okay, you're going to find an envelope there with a Bible verse from Psalm 103.12 that I just went over with you. I'd like for you to tear that sin, that confession card, tear it up, put it in that envelope. And when you leave today, I want you to put it in the trash can as a reminder that God has forgiven you for that because you've confessed it to him and he forgets everything that we have confessed to him. Okay. T is for Thanksgiving. This is where we say, Lord, thank you. Psalm 117 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow by faith in me. Thanksgiving reminds us of how God has already been faithful to us in meeting our needs over and over again. A thankful heart helps us to keep a perspective where we should have it. As we count our blessings, we're able to see how rich we really are. 
it helps us to keep from being blinded by Satan when he tries to get us caught up in a wish list or in a comparison list. Most of us remember to give thanks to God at mealtime. But how many other blessings does God pour into our life every day that we take for granted? God gives us so many things every single day, such as, I'm going to name some things that maybe you haven't thought about, clothes, your house, your cars, electricity, clean water, phones, washing machines, and dryers. And if you grew up when I did and you hung clothes out when they, they froze before you even got them pinned on, then you know what I'm saying as that being a true blessing. Dishwashers, green grass, trees, flowers, birds, butterflies, rain, rainbows. I could go on and on and on. Um, of how God has blessed us, and we don't even think about those as being blessings sometimes. When we become a child of God, God pours into us the Holy Spirit. What a blessing he gives us. As Janet was sharing, the Holy Spirit's there for us, even when we don't know how to pray, even when we are hurting so bad we can't pray and we can't find the words um, to lift up to God. But we have the promise that the Holy Spirit is there to intervene for us and to help us and to give us that comfort. But what about the big things in life that we may not remember to thank God for every day that money can't things that money can't buy what about waking up every morning to a fresh new day and we can start all over again what about the very breath that we breathe our health our families our friends our jobs our church our salvation our bibles the Holy Spirit, and the prayers that are lifted up for us by others in our times of need. Do we remember to thank God for that? Start you a gratitude journal, and you might be surprised at how many blessings God has showered on you. As we acknowledge our blessings Prayers of thanksgiving become a vital part of our life. Our hearts are overwhelmed and filled with gratitude. And our attitudes radi radiate God's love and make a difference in our world for him. I'd like for you to go around your table now and lift thanks for one little thing, one big thing, and one thing that you have taken for granted. And you will have someone at your table that will pray with you a prayer of thanksgiving.
Okay, ladies, we're going to go on to S. S is for supplication. And this is where we say, Lord, please. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This is an area that many people spend most of their time with God. Many of us are guilty of going and crying out to God only when we're facing difficult situations or we're asking God to help us with our wish list. God is not a fairy godfather or a Santa Claus. He is not here to or with us to magically grant our wishes. You know, as Janet said, yeah, he already knows what we want. He already knows what we need. But he wants us to talk with him. He wants us to open our hearts so that we can share our wants and our needs with him because he loves us. And as we talk with him and we listen with him, we become closer to him and we lean on him and depend on him more in our life. Our dependence on him helps us to grow. Our faith can grow as we let our relationship grow. And this enables us to align with God's will. When we pray God's will, we share our heart's wants, but we also acknowledge that we are surrendering our desires to accept the outcome that God is of how he's going to answer the prayer. Do you remember the prayer that Jesus prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane? Luke twenty two forty two tells us, Father, you, if you are willing, take my cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. How many of us have honestly prayed for his will? No matter what we're asking, we ask him to answer our prayers according to his will. Supplication also helps us in our relationship with other people. As we pray for them and we lift their needs to Jesus, it draws us closer to them. I've often told our ladies on the prayer team, please don't tell others that the only thing I can do for you is pray, but rather tell them the very best thing I can do for you is pray. Our service gifts and acts that we give to others are valuable but our prayers are invaluable. Love becomes alive through our prayers. God works with us in this world that's broken to bring love and unity and healing to our land. Let us be sensitive to the needs of others and the needs of that we have in our own lives to become more Christ-like. 
to be true disciples based on the calling that Jesus has on our life. And there's not a one of us here today that God has not put a calling on our lives. If we're his child, he has a calling on our life. Let us be his love and his light in a world that needs him so desperately. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, let, let's, my eyesight's going bad. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What a difference that makes. God listens and God answers our prayers. He may say yes. He may say no. He may say wait. But I promise you, he will answer. Be diligent to pray and to listen. You will never, ever have a need that's too little, and you will never have a need that's too big for God. But remember that he sees the whole picture, and he has a plan for every single one of us. On your table, you're going to find a card. It's a supplication card. This is a very serious thing that I'm asking you to do. I'd like for you to write down one or two prayer requests that you will commit to faithfully and fervently pray until you hear God's answer. I don't know what God will lead you that he's asking you to pray for, but whatever it is, if you will write it down, and you will commit to pray this prayer until God gives you an answer. It may be a week. It may be a day. It may be a month. It may be years before you get the answer. But I'm asking you to keep on keeping on until that answer comes to you from God. I'd like for you to take that home with you, put it in your Bible, put it in your journal or on a mirror or your refrigerator or wherever and pray that prayer until you hear God answer. After you've done that, if you'll allow the person at your table to pray a prayer of supplication with you.
Okay, ladies. Most of us end our prayers with amen. Do you know what that means? Jason Sawaski tells us that amen is a Hebrew word that is essentially an affirmation of truth or agreement, meaning something like, so be it, it is so, or it is true. When we end a prayer with the word amen, we are acknowledging that we believe God actively hears our prayers and that our prayers will be answered by him in his time. Amen is an expression that all those things that we just ask in prayer and all the things that we praise God for, all the questions, all the pain, all the joy we express in that prayer are founded in the truth of God. First Chronicles 16.36 says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Let me again tell you that the ACTS method of prayer is simply a guide to communicate with God, to help you grow your relationship with Him and also with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's our deep prayer that you will go home today with something that will help deepen your prayer life and your service to him. And all God's children said, Amen. All right, ladies, we are going to transition to the crafting portion of Crafting a Deeper Prayer Life. And I'm going to introduce Miss Mary Williams, who is a member of First Baptist. And she hails originally from Ontario, Canada. So you may notice it doesn't sound quite like she's from the South, but she has been here um, in South Carolina since 1981. And she says that art is God's gift to us in troubled times. And so as you are creating art uh, today, um, I hope that it will be an opportunity for you to just, one, enjoy some fellowship around the tables as you do so, but also an opportunity um, for you to just allow that to be kind of a therapeutic time for your soul. Although Mary was working as a nurse for over 30 years, she has um, been an artist her whole life. She sketched and painted in high school, taking art classes in watercolor and acrylic. And the gift of art has come through her family. Her grandfather was a painter, her father was a sculptor, and she says her mother could cut and sew a dress without even a pattern. She has won many awards across the state of South Carolina, and her paintings and prints can be found not only in the U.S., but in Canada and around the world. And so, Mary Williams, if you would come and lead us in our craft. Please welcome Mary. The lovely paintings that have been displayed up here and then downstairs are the wonderful, amazing work of Mary Williams. So if you didn't get a chance to really see those when you came in, please check them out when you leave. 
my sisters in Christ, it's just so wonderful to see all of you today. And I'm going to use this opportunity just to say thank you for supporting First Baptist Church and growing up my faith and loving my family and I unconditionally, warts and all, is what we used to say growing up. And, and I really have felt that. Thank you so much. Well, let's talk about art. Well, when I was invited to come and do something with you, I thought, well, Lord, what should I do with all these ladies and a variety of art experience and ages? And the Lord brought to my mind through prayer to do a scripture picture. I was a child. Um, we went to live with my aunt after my mother died. And she had a plaque up. And it said, my grace is sufficient for thee, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And that was a blessing to me. And then when I married, one of my bridesmaids, as a wedding gift, made this beautiful sampler of 1 Corinthians 13. She used, as you can see, she used blue-gray floss on ivory linen, And she had it framed in barnwood, and I really treasure it. And I recently had it refurbished, so I have it up where I can meditate on it. Well, today I've brought along a painting, and through the painting, I hope to tell you a little bit about art for those of you that have come interested in art. And also, I'm going to give you some instruction about our project and then a word of testimony, kind of all rolled into one. So kind of bear with me on that. And so this oil painting is 20 by 24, oil on linen, still life. And uh, I call it bridal bouquet. And as you can kind of guess, my inspiration was the flowers that were done for a bridal shower. When the flowers came in, oh my, they were breathtaking. The fragrance, the textures, the color. I said, oh, after this, after this event, I'm going to have to go ahead and make a painting. Well, how do I begin? Well, first of all, I do a pencil sketch. Now, a pencil sketch or charcoal sketch is kind of like your skeleton of your body. You know, your skeleton holds up your bones. And we know that if we walk every day, that impact of that bone makes more bone, don't we? And so the pencil sketch is the same way. It um, helps you when you're doing your final painting. And so I brought along um, a pencil sketch. I couldn't find the sketch for this particular painting. But this sketch is in preparation for a child's portrait. And so um, what you do is you use a number two pencil. I use architectural sketch paper, and I tape it on a, a firm surface here. And then um, once you're done, take it outside and spray it with a workable fixative. This will allow you to go back in if necessary and make adjustments. And then once you're through, you go ahead and transfer it to your paper or your canvas. Now, 
um, this was in preparation for a pastel portrait rather than an oil. And so I transferred it with graphite paper um, from the pencil to the paper and then began with the, pe with the pastel. Now, granted, you do lose and find your edges, but because you've done it once, you're able to do it again. And you just put that up, and you're it's like a map um, showing you which way to go. Also, if your client is out of state, you can roll that up and put it in a tube and mail it to them, and then they can take that sketch, put it up on their wall, and see, is that the size I want, or do I like that? And then you can talk about it before you begin your final oil painting. So paint what you love, your inspiration, work on your drawing skills. Joe Bowler, a famous artist, said, draw every day if you want to be um, a wonderful artist, and that's true. So when you sit down um, from life or when you're outside and you're ready to sketch, also take all sorts of photographs. Norman Rockwell said, Take more photographs than you think you'll need. And then you begin. And um, as you get your final sketch, uh, you'll be ready to um, do your painting. I will say, though, that photographs make your darks too dark. And the colors will sometimes change. And so if you make notes, like with your... Um, artist oils or your colored pencils, then you'll be able to get those colors once again. Well, someone said, what about depth? How do you get depth into your artwork? Well, for example, this still life, you see, first of all, the direction of the light. And the light is coming from that direction across the form, casting a shadow right here. And so at the edge of the vase, you'll see you have your darkest dark. It's a cool dark. And then you have a reflective light because this is a glass jar coming through it. And then your shadow continues. It's translucent, and it's more toward the warm. The other thing that helps you get depth into your artwork is to paint the local color. Please forgive me, I'm not used to a mic very well there. I'm just going to move it just a bit. Um, and so everywhere that the light touches, here and on your foliage, on the vase, wherever, it's going to change the local color. So ladies, learn to see the local color if you'd like to be an artist and paint. Um, here on the foliage,